What's going on, man? Hey, Ben. How are you? Man, your hair looks great. You I got look a haircut. About, you look about as sharp as I've ever seen you on this show. <laughs> you do. I'm trying to pattern after you with the hair. You, know, you, you went hair. to hair and makeup, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I went to hair. No makeup. Went to hair, though. You know, uh, Jasmine's uh, here in our Fountain City location tonight. Uh, seeing clients, and I, I should have had her g- give me like a you know a little bit of a touch up, but you know something to to make uh, make my face look a little bit better. Um, but you look great. Thank you, Ben. Thank you. Your beard, <laughs> your beard looks good. It, it kind of uh, I see um, a- Ashley's in the building from uh, Mooresville, North Carolina. Allison's daughter-in-law. Rock on. Oh, that's where all the to- race car drivers live. I'm pretty sure. Race car drivers live in Mooresville. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I, you know, I knew Charlotte was a big uh, uh, race car driver town. Did you watch the Formula One race this weekend? No, no and it was in Miami. Oh, I would have loved to have seen that. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. It's super. Uh, Rachel, I, I do actually. You know what? I'm gonna put this up there. I do. I, I need some Botox. Um, if you guys are interested. <laughs> If you guys are interested in seeing me get my first, uh, uh, my first ever Botox treatment, um, it's on our YouTube channel. Uh, and I, it's probably something to do with like Ben and Botox or, uh, Andy Rogers or Botox. He did it. Um, you can, you can see, I, Rachel was probably there. <laughs> when, That's probably your first and only Botox treatment, isn't it? It you is. I'm, like I'm due. Like I, I'm definitely due. Uh, I see, uh, let's see here. Um, Terry, what's going on? Terry, I, I believe is in South Carolina. Great to see you as always. Um, real quick. I, I, I want to put this in here because, you know, the mother's day specials are happening all week long and Botox is a big part of it. Um, you know, we often get the question. We're so like kind of a little more on the natural end, uh, of, of the spectrum and a lot of times it surprises people that a place like performance medicine does Botox. When, when you get the, you know, question in Botox poison or things like that, like, how do you respond? Because, you know, we are super into prevention. We're super, you know, we're into supplements and all things natural, but we, we do, we, we do Botox. Um, and, uh, and I know you do Botox cause your face looks great. <laughs> I have done a little bit of it in the past. Um, I don't overdo it, but um, yeah, I mean, you know, Botox is a natural poison. That's why I answer it. Um, you know, that's a great question. There's a lot of uses for Botox that, um, you know, we use for a ton of different things, including migraine, headaches, bladder leakage, sweating, um, you know, but mostly we use it for cosmetic purposes because if people have a lot of wrinkles in their face and they're trying to age well and there's something is safe. Actually, it's the most studied medicine in history. So it's completely safe. You know, I mean, not everything you do is going to be hundred percent natural, but um, it, it's very studied, very safe. And, you know, if somebody wants it and it's safe and it'd make them feel better about themselves and why not? I mean, it's, you know, um, it's it's an imperfect world, and uh, I, that, t- using that retin A on your face, which is vitamin A, basically, is really good for 
almost anybody's age, you know, um, to help sell turnover and, and all. So I'm certainly not against it. Um, you know, yeah. it, it's, uh, you know, Andy, Andy is a incredible, all of our providers, uh, are incredible with, with Botox. Uh, Anna, uh, has been, uh, getting Botox from Andy. Super cool. Thank you for Anna, uh, putting that in there. Uh, Katie, of course, you know, we mentioned this, um, last week, I believe is, um, is taking Botox for, uh, for migraines and migraines was a big topic, uh, on our show last, uh, last week or two. Uh, so there is, like you said, there's a ton of different uses for it. Super interesting. Yeah. 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 Um, all right, guys, we're going to go ahead. We're going to get into the questions that came in throughout the week. We got quite a few. Um, if you have a question for Doc, I'm going to be looking at them throughout. We're going to get to every single question this evening. Go ahead and put those in the comments, uh, and uh, we'll get to those here in just a couple minutes. Uh, I'm going to put this up because it's you know pertinent to um, a, a lot of our audience who has heard us talk about uh, semaglutide and uh, Mongero. Um, back in February, I started on Wegovy for weight loss. Even at a 0.25 dose, I immediately noticed appetite control, fewer cravings, and sense of fullness with smaller portions. Goes on to say, I'm not able to gauge weight loss right now due to an energy, inner injury and mobility issues. After using the Wegovy samples, I transitioned to semaglutide vial injections, which I'm assuming is because of insurance uh, reasons. Uh, goes on to say, I'm at a 1.0 milligram dose now. I feel like the earlier benefits I noticed with Wegovy are not as pronounced since self-injecting. Uh, have you heard similar reports? What's your thoughts on this? Um, yeah, I've heard that a couple times. Um, you know, it should work better at the mil one milligram dose than it does the two five. They're the dogs. Um, but... It's kind of odd, you know, when you get the compounded uh, semiglutide, it's going to be a little bit different than um, the Ozempic or Wegovy. However, it should be just as potent. So um, if it's not suppressing your appetite anymore, it is true that anytime you start a medicine, um, when you first start it, you're going to get the most effects from it because mm. you can get a little bit tolerant to it. Um, so here's what I would suggest. Um, if somehow we can get hold of another maybe sample of Wegovy and try that in comparison to the semiglutide, we're going to start thinking, hey, you may have gotten, you know, a dose of semiglutide that's not as potent as it should be. So that's a legitimate concern. Um, you know, the problem with with that line of medications is insurances doesn't want to pay for it. And it's really expensive, like $1,200 a month. I don't know anybody can really afford that, but, um, so the semiglutide, if we can't get it, um, covered by insurance, then that's an, that's an option. That's a lot more affordable option for you. Um, but it's just interesting that, Either you've gotten tolerant to it. The other thing you may try is switching over to Monjaro or Jaro. I'm always saying Jaro. It's Monjaro. If you saw my um, podcast on that, it might work a little bit differently because it's got a little different type of 
medication in it. The GIP is what makes that work well. Um, I've actually had better results with the Monjero. Mm. Um, but uh, so it's just really interesting. You, you, if you're reaching a plateau, that can, that can happen. Now, again, I always tell people you need to be eating low carb as well. Mm. Um, so if it's not making you feel full at the one milligram dose and the 0.25 does, something's wrong with that semi-glutide uh, dose, which is possible. I mean, you can even, you know, get different generics in, in any medications. For example, Armour Thyroid or NP Thyroid, it may vary according to who makes that generic medication. So I always kind of want to switch it out and see if, if that's the case. And that's certainly a legitimate uh, concern. And I have heard it a couple times. So... Um, How long do you usually have a patient kind of wait, you know, like, uh, um, I don't get a good sense for, for how long they've been on, um, the semaglutide. Um, do, do you say at least stay on it for, um, a month or two, or do you think because it didn't happen immediately, maybe it is something, you know, the semaglutide wasn't strong enough? Yeah, I mean, if it's not suppressing your appetite at mm. one milligram, something's yeah. going on. So I, I think you don't have to wait that long. Mm. Um, so it'd be interesting to see how long you took the, how long it took to work your dose up like that. What you weigh, you know, it seems like it's going to come off faster at first because you have more fat that can come off. Um, so that's really interesting. I, you know, I like to look at all the stuff like your thyroid, your insulin resistance numbers your cortisol numbers and uh, all your hormones. So it's just, it'd be an interesting thing to kind of find out. There's a reason for everything. And that's our jobs to find out why. So um, probably I, I would switch it to see if we can somehow get a sample. They don't sample a whole lot of it, but occasionally they do and, and try that and see if it suppresses your appetite when the semaglutide doesn't then you'll know it's not as potent. Mm. So super interesting. Great question. Um, super, uh, like timely, very timely question. Thank you so much. Uh, let's get to this question here. Uh, and I, we, we might've touched on it a little bit last week, but I don't want, I want to make sure we answer it. Um, my grandmother was diagnosed with Crohn's disease. Her doctor wants her to consider a vasoactive intestinal peptide as a treatment option. What do you know about this? And is it safe? Um, yeah, I have read about that, this, um, the VIP treatment option for, I think it helps the, I've never used it. I think it does help, um, kind of the intestinal barrier, uh, which is basically the problem with Crohn's or ulcerative colitis or microscopic colitis, celiac disease is that intestinal barrier. And that's, it's a, it has some promising reports um, and it is available, um, through a prescription medicine. So all I can say is you can definitely try it. I think it's safe. Um, it's a peptide. I don't think it's going to hurt anybody. Um, how much it costs? I don't know. I don't know. I think, I think I did write a prescription for one person for this. They wanted to try it. They came to me for it, but, um, so you know, it's certainly a good option maybe before 
you have to get on one of the heavy hitters, mm. like the Trexate, Humira, that type of thing. Um, so I think that'd be a great thing to try. But work it up first to find out what you're eating, you know, look at your gut microbiome, maybe, you know, do a, a GI map of the Robin and, and look at some of those things instead. Too many times I see people come in with inflammatory bowel disease and uh, their GI doctor never really asked them what they ate or you know, never really looked into it, just uh, makes a diagnosis. Here's your medicine for the rest of your life. So you'd rather try to find out what caused it. Maybe you get a cure um, that way. Super interesting. We're talking more and more about peptides, guys. So um, stay tuned. Uh, we like, like we said with Explain This, we um, uh, put out uh, a video that we had, I think we recorded a, about a year ago, BPC-157. Um, and we're going to continue to talk more and more about uh, peptides, especially on uh, the show Explain This with Robin. So stay tuned for that. Um, I'm going to put Let's see here, this question up, which I think is just such a great question. Um, it's regarding um, what you mentioned about Monjaro and how some people might need to stay on this medication forever. Um, so I'm going to read, uh, read the question and give you a little context, and we'll kind of see uh, where you are with this. Uh, the question is, I know last week in talking about Monjaro, you said that chronic obesity is a disease and usually a metabolic issue Thus, some people may need to stay on Manjaro forever. Goes on to say, so this is to say that these people were born with this disease slash metabolic issue, which they clearly can't help, or years of not putting in the hard work to stay healthy as uh, has led to this, and now this magic bullet should help them forever. I'm not disagreeing with you, but being super healthy or being healthy is super hard work. Um, and it goes on to say like a lot of people, you know, they, they eat well, they're, you know, they're skipping out on the beers. Um, you know, what's your, what's your thoughts on this? Because, you know, I think what this question is getting at is, you know, is this kind of, is this a magic bullet, you know, and, um, does this mean that you don't have to, you know, do the right things in addition to Manjaro? What's your thoughts on this? No, I agree with you. Uh, you know, that's a very, very good point. And that's what I try to emphasize um, to all my patients. You need, you know, staying healthy is some diligence and stuff, but a lot of times it's not um, a lack of willpower. Sometimes I think maybe there is no such thing as willpower because I think that that insulin resistance is so overpowering to some people that they just cannot do it. Um, and the more I practice medicine, the more I believe this, um, you know, some people by bad luck just have their genetics and I mean, it, it may go all the way back to what your mom ate when she was pregnant with you. I mean, you have, you have just different type of fat cells, different hormones, those, uh, incretins and things that, that this is trying to overcome. So do I wouldn't ever say magic bullet, but I would say it's the most significant development we've had um, with uh, solving metabolic disease. Or is this new class of medications that gives some people hope? I mean, even 
people that have gastric bypass surgeries, most of the time they cannot overcome it. They'll gain the weight back um, after a while uh, because of these hormones that are overactive with them that need suppressing. So um, just like some people inherit high blood pressure, they call it essential hypertension. There's nothing they're doing wrong, but they have high blood pressure. Same thing could be with some people with metabolic syndrome. I uh, saw one today just like this, mm. and they just can't do it. So if you have um, a way that can help them with this, um, and usually it's a lifelong treatment. That is true. I mean, if you're somebody that can do it and you're, you're not that overweight or you just, you know, everybody's on, on the, on a spectrum. There's, there's different levels of this, but you know, from, from seeing some of those people and talking with them, I, I actually believe them that they're not eating nearly as much as I'm eating Yeah. yet. I'm lean and they're massively overweight. Yeah. That may have taken years to get there. They probably have different genetics than I do, but, um, yeah, it, it is being healthy shouldn't have to be that hard, but we live in a very hard world to live in. Yeah. We've got all these temptations with all this, all these refined foods all around. And it's, it's just really hard to overcome. So life is not really fair. So I like Mongero and I like Ozempic, Wegovy. It just gives some people a chance that otherwise I just know they, they couldn't do it on their own. I'm, I'm convinced of that. Unfortunately, they still need to learn how to eat right. Um, but this gives them a chance. And, and, you know, if you talk to the experts, they say this is a lifelong treatment. I don't necessarily agree with that. I, I certainly think that, you know, through change, you can not have to take it for the rest of your life because, um, what you eat is still the most important thing. Um, these medicines really just make your insulin work better and they delay gastric emptying and they, they also affect your, your neuromodulators in your brain. I mean, I read an article today where they're, they're thinking that, um, Ozempic and these type of medications may help improve Alzheimer's disease, mm. um, by modulating, inflammatory uh, cytokines in the brain. So they're, you know, they've had some positive results from that. So um, it's really interesting though, but your point's well taken for sure. And I'm sure you're going to preach diet and exercise and staying away from refined carbs and sugars till the cows come in. But this is just an exciting new way to give people hope. Yeah. Um, and it works. There's no doubt about it. Great question. Great, great topic. And, and one that I think, um, we're going to talk about it from that angle more and more. Um, especially since, you know, people are having such good results and, um, we certainly don't want to, you know, give the impression, uh, that it's a, a magic bullet or anything like that. Cause you're right. Um, you you still have to make, uh, lifestyle changes. And, you know, I think it was, uh, Chuck last week, who has had amazing success, um, talked about some of the, uh, how his eating habits have changed. I think he, I think he cut out sugars altogether. 
um, which is good in- idea. Incredible. But these medications are putting weight loss clinics out of business. Yeah. Jenny Craig went under, I think last week, Weight Watchers has given in. They're, the only way they're going to survive is if they join the Ozempic movement. And so they bought a company out for $50 billion, I'm pretty sure. Um, I figure it may not be quite correct, but... Um, and all that company does is try to get Ozempic approved for you. Uh, that's the sole purpose of it. That's amazing. So they realize, hey, counting points is not something somebody can do sustainably for the rest of your life. It doesn't really work that well. But uh, so it's really interesting. Yeah, it's a, it's a, um, it's a great topic. And, and like I said, we're going to talk more and more about it. Um, we're going to get to this question here, which I found uh, super fascinating. Um, I recently had surgery to my head and neck and was under general anesthesia for six hours. When I woke, my pre-COVID sense of smell had returned to 100%, whereas for the past three years, my sense of smell had been at, at about 75%. I also noticed that all my body pain had disappeared. I'm not on painkillers and I'm over two weeks post-op. Question is, is there any part of the anesthesia that could have caused me to regain sense of smell or to lose my body pain. I do believe the body keeps score, and this was interesting. Uh, Bezel van der Kolk's research on how the body stores trauma, and wonder if this uh, if this caused a healing crisis. Super interesting. I love this question. It's a great question. My answer is I don't know. <laughs> yeah. um, but they they do. There's a few anesthesiologists have found out that. You can go in there and do a nerve block on one of your cervical nerves and do an injection, and it's about 85% uh, effective in restoring uh, taste and smell. So there's something that modulates it with that. Now, the general anesthesia, I haven't heard that before. Um, but, that, I mean, that's that's a major deal when you get put, put to sleep under general anesthesia. It does a lot of stuff to your brain. Um you know, it's just really interesting to see if your pain uh, will come back. Um, you know, there's certain people that have an enzyme defect that um, it takes them a long time to wake up from general anesthesia. Mm. And um, those, those people should not be given certain types of uh, paralytic uh, parts of their anesthesia, like succinylcholine, they have to, have to use different ones. And so it makes you wonder, um, I'd like to know if you had a hard time waking up from the anesthesia and kind of overall what, what's going to happen to you. It, it's awesome. I know, I know several people that would probably be willing to do it <laughs> just for those two purposes. Um, and I've seen people that can't taste or smell anything and have lost tremendous amounts of weight not wanting to because of the COVID uh, yeah. effects. Um, that's really interesting. That is interesting. Uh, I like to see, you know, I, I think the body probably does keep score. Um, that's really interesting. Um, uh, I, I love that. Keep, keep us tuned in to, as to what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Keep us. Uh, and I, and I ask my anesthesia friends uh, if they've seen this, if anybody's seen it, they have. So I have, many friends that do do anesthesia so i ask them 
Yeah, fascinating. Thank you so much for that cash, uh, that question that came over email. Um, welcome in everybody who is coming, uh, who is joining us now. Love to see you guys here uh, for the Performance Medicine Show. If you have a question for Dr. Rogers, we're taking health and wellness questions uh, as we do every single Tuesday at 7. Go ahead, go ahead and put those in the comments. I'm going to get to our question here that came in, uh, another one that came in through email. And, and I love talking collagen as well. This is so much fun. Uh, there are so many choices for collagen peptides. I'm unsure what to buy. A lot of brands have type 1 and 3 collagen, and some say multi-collagen. I'm a 60-year-old male and do strength training. Um, I love this. As Ben would say, what are your thoughts? As I was, what are your thoughts? What's your thoughts on this? That's all they are, thoughts. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, type 1 and 3 are the ones you look for the most. Uh Think, well, I think it's one that gets joints and three that gets skin and hair. Um, although it could be the other way around. You don't hear of too much, but I'm sure the multi-collagen probably has a little bit of two in, even though I don't think two is real effective. Um, yeah, I mean, um, gosh, so I think most of the collagen peptides really work. I know when I take them, the keto collagen that I take that we talked about last week, you take that and your hair grows, your nails grow, um, you know, really fast. Your skin gets better. Um, so I love the keto collagen just because it doesn't have any sugar in it um, or minuscule amounts of it. Um, so I, I would probably get the one that combines the type one and three um, and see what happens. Give it a month and see, see what happens with your joints, your skin, your hair, your nails. Um, you know, when you get 60 years old, I'm 68 and certainly we need, we need collagen. Um, you know, it's, we just got to have it. It's, it's makes up most of the fibers in our body and you lose a lot of it as you get older. So get one that definitely has both the one and the three in it. Um, and as you mentioned last week or the week before in the, in the protein episode of the Common Sense MD, uh, collagen is not for protein. You're not using it uh, as a protein supplement. Am I right? Right. That's a myth. Right. That's exactly right. Um, all right. Let's get to the next Good one uh, here. Carter, I see you. Thank you so much for uh, hanging out with us as always on Tuesdays. Uh, if you've been to the Johnson City office, you certainly no, Carter. Um, so good to have you in here. Um, let's see here. Um, where am I at? Uh, there we go. Uh, this is an Ozempic uh, question. Uh, when do you think Manjaro Ozempic will be affordable for the average person with insulin resistance that needs to lose weight? Um, goes on to say, I tried Ozempic for six weeks and loved it, but my insurance would not cover it. It was $900 out of pocket. Um, yeah, this is the, the big, uh, complaint we get, uh, around sure. it. Um, yeah. what's your, what's your thoughts? You know, um, Ozempic now is only covered when you're diabetic. We which is the same exact thing, um, is covered if you have a BMI of over 30. So we're, we're calculating a lot of B, calculating a lot of BMIs lately, but it, it's, if your BMI is over 27 and you have another risk factor, say like hypertension, um, or high lipids, then it'll cover it over a BMI of 27. Uh, 
again, depending on your insurance, we have a lot of, a lot of insurances will have this little clause in there where they won't cover it. So um, again, the um, the compounded forms that are a little bit different uh, are available as of right now. Um, the FDA is probably going to try to shut them down. I think six states have already shut down uh, the compounders from making these products for people that really need them. Um, there's always a battle between uh, the FDA and compounding pharmacists. The FDA do not like compounders uh, because they're kind of tied in with big pharma, to be honest with you. And the, F the FDA is and, not the know, compounders. Yeah, the FDA is hooked in with big pharma in a lot of ways that their main funding comes from big pharma. And you think, well, big pharma's done all the research, you know, why shouldn't they make all the profits? Unfortunately, the, the brand name will last for years and they price them a lot of times to where unless your insurance covers them, you just can't afford it. Yeah. So there needs to be another way. Um, I'm sure Lily will come out with, you know, a weight loss um, version of Manjaro, uh, is probably as early as this fall is what we're hearing. So, but it'll still be, unless it's covered, it's still going to be really expensive. So, but eventually it'll go generic and the same companies will make them and it'll, it'll be affordable for anybody. Um, that's the, the sad part about it is how long it takes. But, you know, in defense of the pharmaceutical companies, they spend all these billions of dollars trying to get it passed and it does, and, you know, if the compounders can make it the next day that they're not going to be happy about that. Um, plus there's probably better quality control with the, you know, pharmaceutical companies also. Um, so that's a really good question. I hope, I hope it, they come out with just a more affordable price for the average person that needs to pay for it out of pocket. Um, come up with a, you know, just a cash price on it is what they need to be doing. And they will. One thing you predicted uh, in the Manjaro episode um, was that Manjaro would be approved for weight loss. Right now it's just approved for uh, diabetes. Uh, so they will have a Wegovi um, competitor because um, Wegovi is Ozempic that is uh, approved for weight loss. And, um, hopefully, you know, they'll, they'll do a better job with the initial supply. Um, cause I think that's what happened with Wegovi, wasn't it? They just under, there was a shortage. Yeah. yeah they didn't anticipate the, how well it would work, I guess. But when Manjaro comes out with that product, it will be the biggest selling drug in history is my prediction. Yeah. Super interesting. We're going to keep you guys uh, updated on what is happening with that um, because uh, it's, one, just super interesting. And, you know, we kind of feel like this is where, you know, medicine is is going in, in many ways. So um, we'll keep you posted. Thank you for that question. Love the topic there. Um, we got a, a question here uh, around magnesium sucrosomial. Magnesium is a new supplement I've heard of, and I'm interested in what your thoughts are on it regarding, uh, in regards to boosting athletic performance in a 60-plus-year-old trying to stay fit. Um, if there's anyone here live who has taken sucrosomial magnesium, go ahead and uh, let us know what your thoughts are. Um, I have not heard of it. What's your, what's your thoughts? 
Yeah, it is. I've heard of it. I've never used it personally, um, but it is, I think it's a magnesium oxide preparation. Mm-hmm. It's just supposed to be better absorbable um, to get your magnesium levels up. It, you know, magnesium oxide is not as specific um, uh, for certain conditions like uh, magnesium glycinates really good for your brain. That's what's in NeuroMag that I take. And there's magnesium threonate, which is also good for uh, cognition. There's magnesium citrate, which is more for constipation. Um, so there's a lot of different forms of magnesium out there. This is one that I think it's got some kind of um, coating on it that may be related to sucrose. I don't think there's much sugar in it, but it's supposed to be just better tolerated on your intestinal walls. It won't cause the the uh, diarrhea that some forms of magnesium cause. And it's supposed to be pretty absorbable, so it may be something that we're we're seeing a lot of. Mm. Um, you know, magnesium is one of those things that most adults really need to take a supplement of. Almost everybody's deficient in it, and take it at night. It's got so many benefits. Um, prevents cardiac arrhythmias, does help bowel regularity. Uh, it helps leg cramps, helps you sleep. I mean, magnesium's uh, just a godsend for most people. I certainly take it every night. Great question there. Um, I'm going to stay, I'm going to keep that uh, top of mind, sucrosomial uh, magnesium. Uh, thank you for that yeah. question. Um, all right, let's go to, uh, this is a, uh, looks like a thyroid question. Uh, can you drink celery juice if you take Synthroid? I had my entire thyroid removed 16 years ago, and now I'm on the name brand Synthroid medication. What's your thoughts on this? Yeah, since you're taking, I'm glad you're taking the brand name Synthroid. That's one generic I do not like. Um, you could, but just don't drink it within six hours of when you take your Synthroid because it could affect the uptake. And, and follow your levels. Mm. If you do anything different, uh, you know, grapefruit or celeries too that, you know, could interfere with the absorption. So um, make sure you always take any thyroid medicine on an empty stomach and uh, don't use grapefruit or celery juice within six hours of when you take your Synthroid. Mm. All right. Thank you for that. Uh, Let's go to this question here. Uh, I have a family member that's believed to be suffering from post-COVID deep vein thrombosis. What are your thoughts on infrared thermography thermography, and the diagnosis of deep vein thrombosis, especially microclotting? What's your thoughts on this? Um, they do have a technology um, called infrared thermography um, that works by detecting heat. And I've never seen it used to detect uh, blood clots, but apparently it's used for that some. Um, And it may even be more specific than uh, the ultrasound that we currently use. The problem with it's probably going to be getting, finding out where you can do it. And it's going to be one of those things that insurance is not going to cover because it's kind of still investigational. It's not a well-accepted way of diagnosing a DBT. Um, you know, you can, what I would say is that, you know, if you obviously have signs of DBT, 
swollen calf or even upper arm, upper extremity, pain, redness, then you need, you need to get that looked at immediately. Um, and cause it can kill you and throw a clot to your lungs, pulmonary embolus. Um, now the microclotting, of course, we know, we knew that COVID caused microclotting on everybody. And that's one reason we use aspirin. Um, and if you don't want to use that, you can use natokinase, uh, lumbrokinase, uh, serapeptase, some of those more natural things. But I certainly take um, uh, an 81 milligram aspirin every day. And when I had COVID, I took the 325. So, and I think, I think it's just a good thing to take anyway, once you reach a certain age. I think men over 40, women 45, 50, just routinely, because you're more at risk for blood clots. You want to protect your heart. And it's controversial, but unless you've got a, more of a risk of a, you know, falling and hitting your head and, and bleeding out in your head, if you're 90 years old, you probably don't want to do it. Or if you tend to bleed too easily, um, then you may, or if you have a peptic ulcer, then maybe not maybe stick with the natokinase. But um, the thing about aspirin, it's been proven to not only protect your heart by preventing clotting, but it also cuts down on your risk of colon cancer by about 40% and probably uh, somewhat on pancreatic cancer as well. So, um, you know, if you, you can almost assume that you've got some micro clotting going on if, you, if you've had COVID. So I would say take one of these blood thinners and, you know, maybe something will come out like the infrared thermography and, and more routinely and available to the general public uh, to look at that. I, I kind of like thermography in a lot of ways, yep. you know, for, and sometimes in the place of mammography, you know, because there's no x-ray you're going to get. So a little safer, but in the hands of an experienced thermographer. Super interesting. Thank you for that question. I, I love the topic of thermography. Um, I'm actually going to try to get a thermographer um, on outside the box. I think it's just fascinating. Uh, let's get to yeah. this question here. Went to the dermatologist today for a tick removal. The head of the tick had broken off and was embedded, was prescribed 10 days of tox doxycycline, would this be your choice of treatment? Also goes on to say, don't want to take an unnecessary antibiotic. Any supplements you suggest instead of or in addition to the doxycycline? I would definitely take the doxycycline mm. because if you get it early, you're not going to get Rocky Mountain spotted fever, which could kill you. I assume that was a deer tick, um, which causes, can cause Lyme disease. You may or may not have had the the uh, target lesion, 90% of people never knew they even had a deer tick that have Lyme. They certainly never had the, the target bullseye lesion. But yeah, I mean, I think you did the right thing with taking doxycycline. You know, sometimes we'll even treat for a little bit longer than that. But, um, you know, I don't know if anything is going to work like doxycycline. That would be my choice. Now, what other else would I take with it? I would take a probiotic you know, um, something like digest shield or something to kind of cover you. And you can actually, when I'm on it, if I have to take an antibiotic, I double up on my mm. digest shield. 
Um, but that's a necessary antibiotic in this case. Um, right. Hope that helps. It's a, don't uh, pull around with it. Take it. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much for that question. Thank you for sending that in on, on email. Uh, here is a, a food poisoning question. Um, do you have a protocol for food poisoning late at night and no store open? What can we do? No meds. Seems like um, late at night, no real options, got food poisoning. Yeah. Uh, how would you look yeah. at this? I would keep some activated charcoal around the house. Mm. That should be a part of any home medical kit. You should also... Um, have some over-the-counter emodium, although if it's food poison, you, you know, you don't want to really stop it. If it's viral, you could use it. But I also have some Zofran, you know, around. That's a prescription. Uh, there's another one called Dizorb that's over-the-counter that may help some of the nausea. Imitrol is another over-the-counter nausea medication. Um but, um, you know, late night food poisoning is no fun. Yeah. There's been a lot of, a lot of, uh, viral bugs, GI bugs going around, noroviruses really going around a lot right now. And this, um, honestly, this kind of goes back to, you know, you're a huge believer in home medical kits. You know, it's kind of goes like, it seems like these sort of scenarios are, or why, you know, you believe people should have a, uh, a home medical kit with, you know, Zofran, charcoal, activated charcoal, things like that. Um, yeah. You know, because, you know, when this happens, you want to be prepared for it. So. Yeah. Just watch yourself. And usually food poisoning is going to occur within the first hour or two when you eat something bad. Yeah. And, but it's not going to last that long. Your body's getting rid of it. That's what it's, it's, its own natural defense. Uh, great question there. We're going to jump into the comments, guys. If you've got a question for Dr. Rogers, go ahead and put it uh, in the comments. We're going to jump in here with Richard. Uh, Dr. Rogers, what are your top three must-have supplements for everyone in descending order? So that would be three, two, one, or as Dad does, three, two, one. I start out with a little finger. <laughs> yes. Oh, uh, uh, the performance medicine team knows, knows what I'm talking about there. Um, what's your, uh, make a point, make a point occasionally. Um, <laughs> that's a great question. Um, number one would be vitamin D with K without question by far. No descending. Huh? Descending. No. Yes. Three, two, one. Oh, I would think that my top ones, I'd take the top one, number oh, one, wouldn't you? That's right. That's In right. Descending order. Yeah. One, two, three. So D with K for sure be by far my number one um my number two would probably be omega-3s and my number three would be magnesium there we go and then and then i would you know just get a good multivitamin um that has again my dr rogers super vitamin that i invented is loaded because i got tired of taking all these different vitamins and putting them in little baggies and taking my fish tackle box. So my, my multi's loaded. It's got, it doesn't have magnesium in it because obviously you need to take that separately at, at night. Uh, but mine has the D with K look at all that stuff. It's got in, in, the, in the right doses, it's got a good dose of C it's got zinc. It's got the methylated B complex. It's got the copper that, you know, it's, it's got most all the good stuff in it. 
so look at i don't know who put that up there but um so i do like that one so really for me that would be number one because it's got all the other stuff in it with the d with k um then but the certainly the omega-3s are separate and then uh magnesium at night would be my my biggies great question Thank you for that. Richard, let's get to Mark's question here on YouTube. The FDA drug shortage list is now 15 pages long. What are your suggestions if your medication um, isn't available? That's interesting. Wow, that's a good comment. You know, I have a lot of people that are kind of saving up their medicines. I won't say hoard them, but they're really worried about this. Um, So... You know, I would say have everything up to date, get three months supply. Mm. And usually I like to prescribe chronic medications and three months supplies. And also, like I said, have a home medical kit that has some antibiotics in it, the Z-Pack, some doxycycline, Zofran, Imodium, activated charcoal, um, maybe even some an EpiPen, you know, things for emergencies. Um the thing about doxycycline that we talked about earlier, I think that ought to be in every medical kit. You know, gosh, it's such a good anti-inflammatory as well. A lot of times, if I'm, if I'm not getting anywhere with an inflammatory uh, autoimmune disease like rheumatoid arthritis or really any of them, I'll give them a month's worth of uh, doxycycline and they get better most of the time. Making you think there's an infectious etiology to some of the, these autoimmune diseases, um, so keep the keep keep a stockpile. Don't be afraid to ask your doctor for some prescriptions to keep at home. I trust my patients. It's know? a great it's a great question there, uh, Mark. Thank you for that. Um, this is one, and what we might do, Caitlin, is we can give you a link um, over on YouTube. Is there an over the counter brand of methylene blue that you recommend? Heard that even some of the USP pharmaceutical grade ones can have high levels of heavy metals. Uh, we do have a, a, a link to one that we like on Amazon. Um, what what would you say uh, to this? And then we'll try to get uh, Caitlin a, a link over on YouTube. Yeah, you know, um, there is that concern. I had somebody else ask me about that. As far as I know, the one we use, which you can get off Amazon, um, is not contaminated. Um, so like anything, you got to um, take the, the benefits versus the risk. Um, but I certainly take methylene blue every day. Mm. I love it. Um, what we'll do, uh, I'll, one of us, one of the team will, will get on YouTube and we'll, uh, send, we'll put a link in there in the comments uh, over on YouTube for you, Caitlin. Uh, the one we've been... Um, uh, recommending to, to people. Um, all right, let's get to uh, the next one here. Uh, Wilma, another uh, methylene blue question. Should methylene blue be, be taken with or without food? I don't think it really matters. Mm. I think you can do either one. Um, um, well, I've gotten into the uh, practice of getting up in the morning and taking my full glass of tepid water filtered water and I'll put, um, you know, some perfect aminos in there and put some methylene blue and just drink it down. Mm. All right. Thank you for that. Wilma, let's get to, this is 
Callie's question. Is there any hope for people with hypothyroidism to lose significant uh, weight? And you've, uh, you've talked to, I see Margo from our Fountain City. Thank you, Margo, for, uh, for helping Callie out. What's your thoughts on this, Doc? Um, you know, I know you, uh, everyone at Performance Medicine sees a ton of hypothyroidism. What's your thoughts? Yeah, especially Margo. She's the yeah. expert on it. But yeah, I mean, certainly. You know, you, you need your thyroid uh, replaced, you know, your, your medications for it. If you have Hashimoto's, there's certainly a lot of things you can do for that. That's what the probable cause of it is. But, um, you know, you want to suppress your TSH to one or below it. And um, you should be uh, on equal playing field with other people. Certainly, there's some nutritional things you want to do, like stay away from glutens. Make sure your gut is fine. Um, and make sure you have a little bit of iodine in there as well. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, you certainly have no reason to uh, not be able to lose significant weight. Um, you need to look at your insulin resistance, your cortisol levels, and because um, those interact with your thyroid. Uh, those are the three things that kind of constantly communicate with each other glandular wise is your thyroid, your pancreas and your adrenal glands uh, with putting out insulin, cortisol and thyroid hormone. So um, you need to look at all that, but certainly there's hope. I hope that helps Callie. Thank you, Margo, for uh, for jumping in there and, and helping Callie out. Uh, let's get to uh, Sue over on Facebook. Is Farxiga and Metformin a good combination? A1C is 7.7. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I do like, you know, they work, they work in entirely different ways. Um, but, yeah, it is a good combination. Farsiga is the type of medicine that, you know, makes you eliminate your sugar through your urine so that um, it's a sodium glucose transport system. So you're not absorbing the sugar in your bloodstream. You're peeing it out. Thereby, you see the advertisements for that. Um, and you'll see it can cause UTIs or yeast infections, especially in women. So that's, that's a warning of it. But, yeah, I, I like both of them. Um, the Farsi also is pretty protective, you know, uh, cardiovascular-wise. And metformin is a good anti-aging, anti-cancer drug as well. Metformin is more – metformin is a controversial drug, but I think it's a good drug. It's, it's the, the starting point for type 2 diabetes for sure. Um, and you hardly ever see, sometimes you see a little stomach upset, loose stools with it, but I don't think I've ever seen a case of lactic acidosis from it, which is the main warning. I just haven't seen that. Um, but yeah, you can use them together. You could even use uh, Ozempic with it also. You could use all three of them. That'd be the triple play hmm. for sure. Thank you for that, Sue. Let's get to uh, Fred. I'm going to get to, I see Mark. I, I see you, Mark, too. I, I love that question. Um, Fred is asking, is there a peptide that you recommend for slowing down Alzheimer's? Um, yeah, I, I kind of like um, BPC-157. Mm. I think that 
has some good effects. Um, and like I said earlier, they're studying um, semiglutide for um, slowing down Alzheimer's. Certainly, you'd want to get on a, as much of a ketogenic diet and you want to use uh, MCT oil as well. There's been some unbelievable reversals from Alzheimer's doing that. Um, I mean, you know, almost reversing it for years. Um, those are the things I would think about. Um, I'm trying to think of any other peptides off hand uh, that Robin could probably give you a good answer on that too. Um, um, Fred, what we'll do is um, I'm like, we're going to, be filming uh, a couple episodes of explain this tomorrow. I'm going to see if there is a more specific um, peptide for this. Uh, in the meantime, if you search for performance medicine, BPC one five seven, this video with Robin will come up uh, where she goes over uh, this particular peptide. Um, so definitely check that out after the show. Um, let's keep going here. Try to get to as many as we can. Um, let's get to, uh, I saw it. and Now I lost it. Um, let's see here from Helen on YouTube. Uh, can I take methylene blue with vitamin and vitamin C at the same time? Yeah, that's a good question. Some people think you should not take it at the same time. Mm. Just don't take it right around, you know, within an hour. Um, some people think you should get a G6PD check before you do high doses of methylene blue or IV doses of vitamin C. But I, just give it a, just within an hour, I think you're fine. Uh, so, so give an, an hour in between. Apart, yeah. All right, Helen, I hope that helps. I'm going to put this up from Katie because I think this is interesting. Beef liver, saffron, and Dr. Rogers' healthy hair. Super cool. That, those are her top three. Uh, I love that. Um, saffron has been, you know, one of those supplements that uh, people just love it. And there's so many different yeah. uses for it. Uh, so I, I love that that's on uh, Katie's list. Um, let's see here. Um, let's get to Angie's. I'm trying to intermittent fasting. I eat my last meal around 5.30 p.m. and don't eat again until 11 a.m. or 12. Question. I do have black coffee in the morning. Am I breaking the fast if I add collagen peptides to my coffee? Um, if you do the keto collagen, probably not. You know, if... Uh, you could certainly check it because there is a little bit of a an artificial sweetener in there, I think. Um, you know, so if you want to be real strict about it, you probably wouldn't. But um, the way to check it would be to check your blood ketones. You know, if you're really uh, wanting to do that, you can get a, a ketone meter and see if it affected it. You could also get a ketone breath uh, analyzer. Hmm. Uh, but a lot of people use that ketone meter and, and just check and see what, what happens to see if they broke a fast to see if they're, they, you know, they break, they break their ketosis. You know, ketosis means you're burning your own fat. Mm. Um, um, and it seems, uh, so if it's just intermittent fasting, say they're not getting into ketosis, uh, 
you wouldn't automatically get into ketosis if you're if you're hopefully yeah that's the point of it. it's really okay you know to 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 where use it to where you're burning your own fat for energy mm. um now some people put mct oil in there and it doesn't break the you know their their ketosis um but if you're just worried about the fast and you're not worried about staying in ketosis i think it'd be fine mm. Super cool. It's a, that's a common question around, um, uh, cause a lot of people put collagen peptides, I believe in, in, in their coffee. Uh, yeah. I'm going to put this up here from, uh, from Mark. A recent study suggests that a gingivitis infection may lead to plaques of beta amyloid protein, a factor in Alzheimer's. What products would you suggest, uh, to suppress this bacteria? This has a little bit to do with what you and Dr. Creech talked about, um, around, you know, I, I think one of the yeah. bacterias, uh, showed some association to Alzheimer's, um, that you tested for on the HR5, uh, saliva test. Uh, what's your thoughts on this? Yeah, I think the main one I think is P. gingivitis, but I, I'm anxiously awaiting my results from that test just to see. Um, and usually I think she treats it with an ant a different type of antibiotic. Mm. Um, so I think she said like usually, amoxicillin, amoxicillin, yeah, usually amoxicillin. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it's going to be really interesting. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind that, um, having bad teeth and gums could be a factor in inflammation in your bloodstream, which can hasten Alzheimer's along because remember Alzheimer's is like a brain on fire. It's an inflammatory brain disease. That's what really got me about that episode was when she said that when, when you even a little bit of bleeding, uh, when you floss or brush, like it, that's going into your microbiome or something. I mean, it's just not good. It's getting in your bloodstream. Yeah. Your, those bacteria getting into your bloodstream. So that was a great episode. Dr. Creech really knows what she's talking about. I'm going to get her back on in about a month. Do a part two. Um, this is uh, another question from 888. Uh, what is your opinion on taking warfarin and vitamin K2? Some new research suggests that you should. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, you know, I don't think warfarin cuminin is a blood thinner. Mm. And vitamin K, you know, we give when your blood gets too thin, we need to thicken it up. Um, so typically people on blood thinners, I'll, I'll be really hesitant about using too much of K2, mm. but other reports say that it doesn't affect it at all. So, um, you know, certainly vitamin K2 is cardioprotective. It helps the vitamin D put the calcium in your bones, not your blood and arteries, plaque your arteries. So, um, certainly if you're, I'm okay with it, just keep an eye on your protons. That's the only good thing about taking warfarin is that you can actually check it with the finger prick and see what, where your proteins are because mm. anything can affect it. E- even eating green leafy vegetables, spinach can throw it off. I don't like the drug in itself, but um, if you have to take it, for example, if you have a mechanical heart valve, you, you have to take it. That's a great question. Thank you for putting that in on YouTube. Let's get to Michelle here. Um, what types of ailments have you seen methylene blue help with? Um, 
gosh, I saw a new one today that somebody told me. Oh, somebody told me they got their taste and smell back after two years of COVID within a week of starting Methylene Blue. Mm. But Methylene Blue has a lot of different uses. I mean, it's an antibiotic. It's an antiparasitic. It's an antifungal. Of course, it kills malaria. That's how they found it. They first found it uses a stain to look at organisms under a slide. Um, they found out that they could identify the plasmodium um, parasite, which causes um, malaria, but not only could identify it, it killed it. So it became the first antiparasitic drug. It's probably the first antibiotic too, because it works great for treatment and prevention of UTIs. Mm, yep. It certainly reverses um, carbon monoxide poisoning, IV, it reverses cyanide poisoning. So I think it helps asthma. I think it helps um, COVID long haulers. I think they breathe better. It help, and it's certainly good for cognition too. Um, it's got an effect on cognition relatively quickly. And many people tell me the first day they took it, they started, uh, their brain fog started lifting. So, gosh, it, it, it's just a great over-the-counter supplement that has a lot of uh, things. It gives you energy. It helps mitochondrial respiration. Um, you know, so it's really, go, go to the, uh, my, I think I've done a couple podcasts on that. Yeah, super. Uh, the methylene blue has just been uh, unbelievable. It's been so cool. Uh, I see uh, uh, Amber has talked to Michelle before. So cool. Thank you, Amber, for being here from our Fountain City location. And I see uh, Carter here is saying uh, beef liver and methylene blue has kept me sick free this year. Super cool. Super cool. Lots of good things with methylene blue. I want to see if we can help uh, CML leukemia story. I'm not sure that we can, but I'm going to put it up here just in case. Um, protocol for leukemia, little elevated liver enzymes for Gleevec, 400 milligrams. No, this probably isn't in your wheelhouse. Any, um, any thoughts on this, um, before we close out here? Um, you know, I'm glad it's chronic, you know, not that that's one that usually you do real well with, mm. um, you know, I've known several that have it. There's some outside the box protocols. There's one by this guy in, um, in England, but I, it's so complex and so expensive that I don't even know it, but I have had a couple of people go over there and get treated for that. And it puts them in remission, but Gleevec is, is certainly the pro the standard for that. Um, but in any kind of cancer, you know, I, I would think about going keto. Mm, yep. I really would, you know, and, Maybe taking some vitamin C, uh, assuming your G6PD is normal. Um, and maybe even, you know, I haven't really used it for this, but looking into um, fembendazole and artemisinin, those are some things that uh, I haven't specifically used for that, but it's, it's bearing doing a little research on it. Yeah. Uh, I hope that helps uh, CML leukemia story. Thank you for uh, for being with us tonight. Um, let's get this real quick from Mark, and then we'll close out the show. Uh, do you think methylene blue would work on human gingival fibroblasts? And I could have messed that up, Mark. I'm sorry. Uh, what's your thoughts on this? Gingival. Gingival. Um, possibly. 
Mm. You know, I, I look forward to working with uh, Dr. Creech on some of this stuff. Use yeah. of methylene blue there. Um, so, it, you know, you hope it would because it has all those anti-inflammatory, antibiotic, antiviral uh, properties. So um, it will certainly turn, turn your tongue and gums blue for a while, too. So um, you hope it will. <laughs> Uh, all right, we got the. We're gonna close out the show, guys. Uh, I think we got to everything. I hope I did. Uh, if I missed your question, uh, I'll make sure to get to it first of next week. Um, as you guys know, we do this every single Tuesday, a live Q and A. We call it the Performance Medicine Show. We do it every Tuesday at 7 p.m. I want to give a shout-out to everyone that's on the Performance Medicine team that's live with us tonight. Uh, so many of you are in here. Rachel, Carter, Katie, I see Amber, Margo. Um, goodness, and there's probably more who, hasn't, who haven't made a comment. I love you guys. Thank you all for hanging out with us after ben, a long Ben, did you know this is National Nurses Week? Did you know that? Is it National Nurses Week? You should have mentioned that. Yeah, you really should have mentioned that. Gosh. Hey, I don't even know where the dogs are. We're about to close out. We're closing Nobody's out. Have seen the dogs yet? The dogs were were there for the first half of the show, and I know. and I when know they're when their time is, bit, is here, now's the I time know. where they shine. That's what most people come to they see. They come for the, the dogs. I don't know where they are. <laughs> Uh, for those of you who are, uh, well, I think uh, I hear them coming down here. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Um, you're about to see there Ike they and they're, Izzy. They're coming down. They're coming down the stairs. Ike and Izzy are a big part of our show. Uh, they close it out for us. Um, I see Steve, uh, thinks we, we did a 10. Um, I, I think we were, I give ourselves a 9.5. <laughs> I can't. Ted, Izzy's getting really heavy. She's growing. Can you tell? I, I, is she still a mini? She's a mini. So is Ike, but they don't look mini. So for those uh, new to the show, this is Izzy. Um, she is uh, a recent addition within the last uh, couple months. Um, I'm going to put this up here from Carter. Uh, happy Nurses Week to all the amazing nurses at PM. We're blessed with the best. I love that. We are. Um, we've got such a good team. We've got uh, right. the most amazing nurses. Um, gosh, uh, throughout the, uh, within our five, six locations now, um, we just, we love you guys. We appreciate y'all so much. Um, and we're going to be, like. in addition to Mother's Day, we'll have to celebrate Nurses Week as well. <laughs> Ike, <laughs> Ike needs a, Ike needs a distraction. He's getting camera shot. <laughs> I love it. Uh, these dogs, these dogs love me for sure. Mark, was it was it a ten? Mark, did we get nine at nine or ten? Uh, Steve saying ten. I think we. What, what would you give your uh, rating? I'd give you a ten. I'd give me about a about a six, probably no, a seven. You, no, no, guys. I was do, tired tonight, Ben. I was tired. Do not let Dad think that he uh, was a six tonight. Goodness, he was a. He was an absolute 10. Hey, Jerry, we're going to get Andy on here. Maybe I'm thinking about right. getting Andy and you on here once a, once a month at least, because Andy brings so much to the show. I would hopefully everybody would vote for that. I hope Terry brings some, speaking of Terry, those South Carolina peaches, are they out yet? <laughs> hey, uh, Katie, Katie, can you make this happen? Katie, we got to make this happen. Dr. Rogers brand of methylene blue. <laughs> yeah, we've talked about that. I wish. Uh, 10, 11 for the haircut from Carter. Uh, oh, thank you. 
Motaz was was in the building. Motaz, what's up? Great to see you. Uh, he's Motaz. saying a ten. Uh, Amber saying a, a eleven for the new do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, Terry's saying the peaches are coming soon. Oh, great! Those are the best. Um, Pop, Thanks, I love you, man. Thank you for uh, uh, tonight. Thank you for the show, uh, guys. Thank you all for hanging out with us. Uh, every Tuesday evening at seven. This is one of the, uh, joys of our week. Um, if you guys don't know, this is like a, just the coolest thing for me. Cause I get to hang out with y'all and I also get to talk to my dad, uh, about things that, that we're passionate about. Um, so thank y'all for, for being a part of the conversation. Uh, and I hope that y'all will join us again next week. Um, and again, shout out to all the nurses at performance medicine, uh, and all the nurses out there. I know we have some nurses who watch the show. Uh, thank you for all the hard work that you guys do. Um, pop love you, man. Love you too. Guys, we're out. We love you. I'm looking out for my outro. Where is my outro? Where is it at? I love you guys. See y'all next week, Tuesday, Mother's Day week. Oh, one more time. Mother's Day week. Where is it? Take advantage of these specials. <laughs> Mother's Day week. Do it. You know what to do. Call any one of our locations uh, to take advantage. All right, guys, we are out of here. And my outro is here. Papa, love you. See you. Don't go away. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode of the podcast. Uh, Please share the podcast with your friends. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe. Uh, We will see you guys next time.